Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find all of us at Block 50 Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Block 50 Radio. Block50radio.com is online live. And do not forget that we are wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Block 50 Radio on iTunes, Deezer, Google Podcasts. Etc., etc., wherever you are listening, we are there. Obviously, plenty to get to today. We're going to be talking about NBA playoffs, NFL draft, and of course, Jalen Hurts. Boy, is he catching the hate now. Let's get into it. Jalen Hurts says the money is nice, but championships are better. And a lot of people are in Jalen Hurts' comment sections talking about, well, then you shouldn't have taken the money. This is how you build a winner. Did I miss something? Did I miss where Dallas Godair still has a contract that runs through, I believe, 2025? What about A.J. Brown? Does he have a contract that goes through 2026? Jason Kelsey announced that he's coming back to play center. You've got... Darius Slade Jr. returning on defense. You've got Simon or Fletcher Cox, pardon me, coming back for another season on defense. Uh, what part did I miss where a lot of the key performers for the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be gone? Where did Jalen Hurts getting a payday hurt anybody? A.J. Brown's biggest part of his $100 million contract is going to come on the back end in the last two seasons. Uh, I believe 2025, it's going to be $15 million. 2026, it's going to be 30 million. Same thing with Godair. The last couple of seasons, it'll be 14 million a year. What what did I miss? And I know a lot of people are, you know, well, Jalen for the Phantom, the Phantom fumble in the Super Bowl. I just get so tired of a nitpicky society. I understand it's the biggest game every year, all right? So all eyes are on it. And I understand it's going to be the easiest thing to point out any mistake that anybody makes when it comes to the Super Bowl. Nobody that played that game was without error. And let's not forget that Philly was still dominating that game. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think anybody, including myself, really thought that Philadelphia was going to be good this year. The offensive line isn't the greatest for the Philadelphia Eagles. They finally got some weapons, obviously, to add to what Godair could do. Defensively, Philly still wasn't that great. But the point of what I'm saying is, is with all these guys coming back, and that's just a few names to say the least, why is Jalen Hurts getting so much grief for taking the payday? And the money is nice. Wouldn't you want $200 million in your bank account? Wouldn't you want to be walking around town talking about I'm worth $200 million? Wouldn't you want to be the highest paid anything ever because you're good at your job? 
the hell did I miss? I just don't understand it. And Jalen played a good game for the most part in the Super Bowl, by the way. Patrick Mahomes is kind of getting that John Elway mystique. He's known for comebacks. Weren't they getting obliterated by the Texans in the playoffs? In fact, weren't the Chiefs down at some point in every playoff game, including the Super Bowl, when they beat the 49ers? How many times have the Chiefs been down since they've had Patrick Mahomes and made a comeback? You cannot tell me that it is 100% on Jalen Hurts. You know, the defense still has to play defense. The Chiefs did everything they needed to do to win that Super Bowl. You can call it an Eagles meltdown. You can call it changes by the defense and offensive coordinators for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid making halftime adjustments. You can obviously allude to the mistake that Jalen Hurts made in that game with the phantom fumble. It happens. I've seen John Elway do it. Was it against the Chargers? They were making a comeback, and seconds were were running, and Elway threw the football, and it just flopped up in the air and went behind him, and the Chargers recover. Boom, game over. Even the great ones make mistakes. Was it a Super Bowl? No. But even the great ones make mistakes, guys. Elway took a safety in the Super Bowl one time against the Giants. Y'all act like Tom Brady's never had a turnover in the playoffs. We're so quick to critique. Without just cause, without doing a quick Google search, without looking up anything, we just decide, well, you know, He took that big payday, and now they can't keep the team together. (laughs) All right. Tell that to A.J. Brown. He's $100 million richer. I mean, come on. You know, I I just – it gets so frustrating. People just want to bash people. And and I don't know where we got to the point as a society where we hate winners. It wasn't like the Eagles got blown out in that football game. Yeah, uh, you know, do what you want to do. I'm just telling you that at this point with the Philadelphia Eagles, they've obviously been smart in how they've managed their money. Jalen Hurts' contract is not hurting anybody. That's pretty much all there is to that. Moving on. Uh, NFL draft. You know, I'm a huge Broncos fan. Denver and Philly in the pros, Syracuse and Nebraska in college. Those have always been my teams. My dad was a huge Broncos fan, so I kind of fell in line with that. I became a huge Eagles fan. First time I saw Randall Cunningham play. Uh, Syracuse, for me, was it started off with basketball, and then the first time I saw McNabb play. Then, of course, my dad was a huge Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. You know, those teams in the 90s and all that. But uh, the point of what I'm saying is, as a Denver and Philly fan, look, they need offensive linemen. Both teams do. Denver especially, look – I have repeated this millions of times. 
and I'm honestly over it, but it wasn't all on Russell Wilson. There were times where he'd be in shotgun, and before the ball even got to him, there was already a defender right on top of him. That O-line couldn't block a D2 football team. And I've been saying that about the Broncos' offensive line for years, long before Russ ever showed up, and all these Seahawks fans were getting in my head on social media talking about, well, you know, we Eagles fan or we Seahawks fans, we all thought the same thing. <laughs> no, bro, I've been saying it. I've been saying it since Peyton Manning left. Hell, I've been saying it since the last season he was there that offensive line really wasn't that great. But it got even worse and worse and worse. And I said at the beginning of the season, before it even started, that Russell Wilson was trading Seattle for Denver and was going to be in a similar, maybe even worse situation with the offensive line. I don't know if it's an offensive line coach thing, maybe bring in Mark Schlereth, do something, I don't know. But that offensive line is absolutely pitiful. First five, six weeks of the year, they had more false start penalties than anybody else in the NFL. They had more holding penalties than anybody else in the NFL. Let's not forget that Melvin Gordon, who they finally released in the first five games of the year, had four fumbles. And let's not forget that against the Seattle Seahawks on the opening Monday night football game that everybody blamed Russell Wilson for, who, by the way, threw for 393 yards in that game, Denver's running backs fumbled twice inside the red zone. One was Devontae Williams. The other one was Melvin Gordon. Let's also not forget that their star running back, Javante Williams, tore his ACL early in the season. So Denver's run game was non-existent. They didn't have anybody there that could run the football and not fumble it, be consistent, take pressure off of the passing game in any way at all. And even when they did have it, it really didn't matter because Russell was back there scrambling for his life. I don't want to hear this, he holds onto the ball for too long, this and that and the third. You understand that because of the arm strength of Russell Wilson, Coaches are wanting receivers to get deep. And, you know, when you're playing against a defender who is going to push you around a little bit, it's not always going to be that easy. And let's also not forget that Denver didn't have Tim Patrick for the majority of the season. More drop through the first eight weeks of the NFL season by any receiving core in the NFL, belong to the Denver Broncos. And you're telling me that it is 100% on Russell Wilson? Now, somebody's going to say, well, you just said that the Eagles have a bad offensive line. How did they win games? I'll tell you how they won games. They got a good receiving core. They have a good enough run game. Jalen Hurts is a lot younger. Defense did just enough in some of those games in order to win. Let's not forget at the beginning of the season, they struggled with the Detroit Lions. You know, the point of what I'm saying is both teams need an offensive line. Now you've given 
Jalen Hurts all this money. You've given Russell Wilson all this money. You have to invest in protecting them. That's what that amounts to. Whether you like it or not, that is the case. So as a fan of both teams, I'm telling you, I want to see both of my quarterbacks preserved. I want to get an offensive line. I want to make trades for offensive linemen, good offensive linemen, guys who want to play for these quarterbacks. Guys who understand defensive schemes. Offensive linemen are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. Okay, They're not just bashing into people. Defenses are so complex in the NFL now. Bull rushing and stunt plays are just the tip of the iceberg in the different blitz packages that some of these defenses cook up. You've got defensive coaches that just love to bull rush, like, you know, Pete Carroll, who's pretty defensive-minded, just wear down that offensive line, just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. Takes a lot of cardio to be an offensive lineman. You got to have strong thighs and legs. You got to understand your base. You got to have peripheral vision. You ever heard the lookout? You know, it's when a guy gets by or a lineman and all you can do to the quarterback is yell, look out. I wonder how many times that happened for the Denver Broncos this year. I'm just saying, Brody. Denver needs smart hard-working offensive linemen. Same with Philly. Now, their offensive line isn't as bad. I believe that Denver still has the worst offensive line in the NFL. And they don't have the running game to take the pressure off of it. And, you know, Javante Williams, his timetable is who knows. Maybe go running back. And you got to cover your bases. So there's that. Do not forget, by the way, this is Block 50 Radio. We're online, block50radio.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all Andrew Duncan Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all Block 50 Radio. I am Drew Duncan. We are wherever you're listening to podcasts. So we a device to play Block 50 Radio on Deezer, iTunes, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you're listening, we are there. NBA playoffs last night. Thought for sure Boston would close it out. After all, Trey Young, he is a one-man show. If there's a true one-man show in the NBA right now, it is Trey Young. And at the end of that game, he just did what he'd been doing all day long, pull up, lace it, good. That's all there is to it. Pull up and lace it. You know, the Atlanta Hawks, they rely so much on the three ball. I mean, I think Trey Young shot 13 by himself last night. You you live by it, you die by it. That's the old adage. They did just enough. And really, you know, Boston, I think at one point, they had a 12-point lead. You can't lock it down in your own backyard. I have been telling people that Boston is suspect. 
I have been telling people that I think the Philadelphia 76ers are better than the Boston Celtics. I have been telling people that I think that they are better than the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't care what the seed was. I don't care what the records were, especially right now in these playoffs. You're playing hot at the right time. You're also playing bad at the wrong time. You have a lead like that in the NBA playoffs and you blow it and you give them a chance to take it back to game six. Now it's in Atlanta. And Trey Young really, I mean, as good as he was, you know, 38 points from the floor, he really wasn't that great. But what else are they going to do? Who else do they have that could just pull up and lace it the way that he can? You need a bucket. Hey, Trey Young, just go up there and take a shot, man. He is the guy in Atlanta. So we'll see what happens. Game six back in the ATL. And, you know, as Barkley pointed out, the 76ers are just getting more and more rest, especially with Joel Embiid, the knee, the back. He's getting more time to recover, more time to rest, more time to rehab, whatever he needs to do. You're just giving him more and more time. Not a good look right now for Boston. I don't know that Atlanta can contend with Philly in the long run just because of how good they are defensively. But whatever's going to happen with this series, I'm telling you right now, you are just you're wearing yourselves down. Longer games, harder games. Now, of course, the antithesis, the antithesis to that is, look, they're staying in game mode. It'd be easy to catch Philly slipping on the first game just because they've had so much time to relax. Sleep can go against you. You get a little cold, a little stiff. Takes you a little while to get back in the mode again. So it could work against them, but right now it certainly seems that it's more in their favor than not. Phoenix Suns last night, yeah, they did what I thought they were going to do. And Booker still continued. What do you have, 47 last night in that game? They just, you know, and I said, too, that it could be sneaky, right? I said that the Clippers are not going to go down easy, you know. And then, of course, it just came out that with Kawhi Leonard, it's a, it's a torn meniscus. But even without him, you know, I've talked about the defense specifically from uh, Russell Westbrook. And, you know, the the attitude that he brings to that ball team in a lot of good ways, hardworking, that energy that nobody else in the NBA can even come close to matching. Uh, how he does it at his age is really just kind of beyond me, to be honest with you. The man's cardio must be insane. Those are good things for the Clippers, and I knew that they were not going to go laying down. But I said from the outset of this season, and I maintain this, that I really feel like the Phoenix Suns, at the beginning of the year especially, they were playing a lot of bully ball. And I don't feel 
that they came into this season with a mindset of, you know, we've been here, we've done this, we've been in the playoffs, just don't know how much more we can do. I think especially Devin Booker came in with the idea of, man, we are going to win the NBA Finals this year. I don't know who's playing better right now, him or Jimmy Butler, but I will tell you this. If the Suns were to play the Bulls in the NBA Finals the way these two teams are playing right now, that's going to seven games. Will it happen? I doubt it. I love Jimmy Butler. I don't think they get past the second round. I certainly don't think they get to the NBA Finals. But I will say this. Both Booker and Butler right now are showing you who they really are. Booker has been decisive. He has been calculated. He has been fearless. He's been going to the rack. He's been hitting mid-range. He's been from outside. He's been making defensive plays. He's been running the floor. He's been making great assists while he's running the floor. He's scored in run situations. I talked about it earlier where if the Phoenix Suns continue to figure out a way to run the floor and get points in the fast break, then they would be one of the most dangerous teams in all the NBA in these playoffs. They only had 10 points a game average on fast break. Game number one of this series, and they had 27 alone. They've gotten so much better with it. You've got Shamit over there defensively playing pretty good. KD has been such a great team player in this situation. CP3 has been basically non-existent, typical for him in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I'm telling you right now, KD and Booker, they could make this thing happen. They really can. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They can make this thing happen. They're moving on now. Uh, of course, last night, a couple of closeouts. Denver. Boy. I don't know for my money how anybody can look themselves in the mirror, talk to a friend, discuss basketball on the internet, and legitimately tell themselves that Jokic is overrated. How, bro? I mean, at that point, do you even know basketball? Now, I understand. He only shot 8 from 29 last night, all right? And a lot of that was Jamal Murray, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But he still had 17 boards and 12 assists. The way he sees the floor, the way he sees the game of basketball, the way that he is willing to take his lumps, continue to hustle no matter what. You know, it's okay to have a bad shooting game and still affect the game from different aspects. There's nothing wrong with that. No, he didn't have his best performance on the floor shooting. Still got a triple-double. Still 28 points, 12 assists, 17 boards. What more can you ask for? Even if he didn't have the 28 points, 
I'll take 17 boards and 12 assists on any night from anybody. You know, I was asked the other day, who's your favorite player? You know, my favorite player right now is KD. Uh, who I think the best player in the NBA is right now, I flat out was just like, to me, it's a toss-up between Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic. I think they're the best three players in the NBA. And with Jokic, there's literally nothing he can't do. Giannis isn't exactly limited either. Rebound, scoring, assist. Embiid is a little bit more limited in terms of his assist game. Um, and, of course, you know, deep range, hit or miss. But still, he brings a lot to the table. And he's the league's leading scorer for the last two seasons. It's hard to argue with that. The fact of the matter is, Jokic and Murray had no issue with carrying that team last night. And Minnesota didn't go down without a fight. You have to give them that. But Denver just seems so ready. So ready. Uh, this could be their time. It really could be. Uh, struggling with Minnesota is not exactly a good look, but you know what? There's a lot of teams out there struggling right now. So at this point, do you really get on top of Denver and say, eh, Anyway, moving on. Tonight's games, a couple of potential closeouts. You got the Knicks and Cavs. That game's going to be in Cleveland. I actually think the Cavs win tonight. I look for Donovan Mitchell to recover. He's had a couple of really bad games. The Knicks have played so well defensively on him. If he shines tonight and puts up points, they win that game. Lakers and Grizzlies, look. Dylan Brooks, <laughs> that whole thing. He's either going to play really great tonight or really bad. Yeah, I think the Lakers close out. LeBron's been there too many times. He knows how to close out games like this. I think they get it done. Uh, the Heat and the Bucks. I, I don't think Milwaukee loses. You know, I know that Giannis is hurt and all that, but you, you still got Drew Holiday and the other guys. The game's in Milwaukee. I don't think they win the series, but I think they win tonight. And then, of course, Warriors and Kings down 0-2. The Warriors spit venom in the face of everybody at home for two games straight. Now, Sabonis struggling a lot. He's been getting kind of whiny. I got to tell you, I think Golden State took what happened to Draymond Green personally. I really do. I think they took it personal that they were down 0-2, and I think Steph Curry showed you what he and Klay Thompson are truly made of. I've got to tell you, I think they win tonight, but I don't know that they win the series. Sabonis is going to be back at home. I don't think any more than nonsense with Draymond Green is going to fly. That Warriors team has been playing physical, hard-nosed basketball. And I think they're going to be a little more cautious knowing that they're in Sacramento. The stakes are high. The youth is showing for the Kings right now. The experience in these situations is showing for the Warriors. Nobody needs reminded that Golden State has four rings.
Nobody. I'll tell you that right now. But let's not forget, they've got four rings. And let's not forget, the same three guys, Draymond, Steph, and Clay, have been the common denominator in all four of those rings. They've been there. They've done that. Sabonis is going to have to learn how to overcome this. This is a learning moment for him. I anticipate an insane crowd in Sacramento. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to be a close game. But I think the Warriors get it done. So there's that. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. We've been live on Block 50 Radio. My name is Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Radio. Do not forget we're online, block50radio.com, where you can listen live all day, every day. When you miss it, simply tell your device to play Block 50 Radio on Deezer, iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you're listening We are there. And as always, stay safe and take care of yourselves.